0: Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining me, Patrick Keen. Episode seven of the Keen on Things podcast. When you when you post these later, you have to post them with tags so people know like what the topics are going to be. You can't just put episode seven. Um, May the fourth also be with you. It's May the fourth. It's May. It's May Day. Can you believe that? It's spring celebration. May. Where do they celebrate that in Germany? Northern Europe where they maypole with the big flag pole and all the people have uh, flags that they wrap around the pole. I, I don't know that it's more than that, but uh, it's May the 4th star Wars day. And in the Catholic church, I don't know about other religions. They say peace be with you. Peace be also with you or peace. all, Peace be also with you. Yeah. And you shake hands like two thirds of the way through or three quarters. You have that, you have the, our father where you hold everybody's hands. You have communion, everything. It's very, the Catholic Church in Mass is very three-quarters heavy. Like, a lot happens three-quarters of the way through the ceremony. And then you can stick around if you want, even though the Eucharist is the big thing. So a lot of people are like, I got the Eucharist, I'm out of here. Parking is so big in church, which is what Jesus like was about, was parking and getting in and out of the parking lots in time to like get home for the game or get the donut or get to the breakfast place before other people. When he, when he was coming up in the middle East, he was born in, uh, what Bethlehem and Jesus and Nazareth. And, uh, he was raised and traveled that, that land. Like he, his mind was on Sundays and church parking lots and donuts. That's what the big, and we're a nice watch so people can see your nice clothes at the church. When you travel and in my name, slaughter indigenous peoples worldwide. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, Episode seven, May the 4th. Be also with you. Um, Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming. 30 minute podcast. We're going to, I was thinking like, we're not going to make it to 30. I have nothing new to report. But uh, then again, maybe we'll blow right through it. So I don't want to say we're going to get to minute 25 and then we're still sitting here at minute 45. I can't believe you'd listen, but thank you. Um, keen on things all over the place, right? This podcast, if you've listened to any past episodes, no research, no backup, no support, no facts, no statistics, just keen observations, just an uninformed, uninteresting person that breathes too heavily into a microphone. Last time I talked about some of the mistakes, uh, I made in my relationship, episode six, and I talked about that for like 30 seconds and it was actually a little interesting and it's like oh this could be interesting. Fortunately, I was able to get right back to the unimportant shit. And the unimportant is my MO. And I don't mean modus operandi, I mean MO is in Missouri. MO, the show me state, right in the middle. Missouri and Kansas got beat down in the Civil War cuz they didn't really have a side. They were right at the you know, right at the core of it, kind of like Poland in World War II. Yeah, when you're in that area where it's just like both sides neither knows which you know that that gray part of the war right like so much war is black and white like i know um so yeah once in a while in this podcast i'll touch on some real stuff but but not much and it's usually accidental and it's quick and i get right back to the shiite but uh i gotta relax man i gotta breathe i gotta breathe life on stage on this podcast learn how to breathe And take your time. That's what Julie Welch was a great. uh, She is a great growling coach and teacher and improv actress. Her dad always told her, take your time. And she'd be like, what? Like she'd be going to do a show, big show, small show, show. He's like, take your time. She's like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) You know, but it's so true. Even in sports, I would think even in like wrestling or track or I played football. And yeah, take your time. Like with your thought process, your body knows more than your mind thinks it knows so just leave it up to your body what am i talking about look some things that are outrageous are going to get said on this thing i'm not going to i'm not going to hold back you know I'm not going to hold back it's not my style and comedy isn't necessarily for uh, americanos it's for the world so that's going to upset who americanos because it's like no it's our way and then the rest of the world right you egocentric fucks anyway um i have zero new to report. How could so little happen in a week? I guess we're in week seven, eight now of two months into this pandemic. Uh we've eclipsed the Vietnam death toll and are halfway to World War I numbers for the US. War's messed up, man. Measuring death by war is just as messed up. Halfway to US World War I casualties which will eclipse I'd say in less than <sighs> God, it's taken us eight weeks to get to this. Uh God, man. Definitely going to take us less than six to get to like one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty. I hope it doesn't take less than a month. I mean, I wish it could miraculously stop right now. Right now. Now. Just boom. Oh, wow. It stopped that day, that hour, that minute. And the sun came out in places that it wouldn't usually come out. And there was singing from Italy, you know, like in Shawshank. There was just voices, a woman's voice, and yeah, maybe a man's. But, uh, God, that'd be nice. Just a weird random stop. And you're like, what? Where'd it go? Just like the movie, The Birds. It's like, it's all over. Or Magnolia, just fro- frogs f- fall from the sky. Anyway, uh, I'm all over the place. Um If this pandemic ever calms down, maybe I can cover one or two topics per show instead of 17. You know? And why do things have to calm down? Why can't I cover one or two topics now? Hit me up if you think I'm way off. If you disagree, if you don't like me. Let's find a place to connect we'll agree somewhere on something. I promise you probably maybe who cares if we don't, you know, let's find that point and build from there. But not everybody wants that. Um, some people are addicted to anger, the fight, the online, you know, tug of war addicted to being in a bad mood. There's a story that Steve Martin, I think he told on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry, what's his name, Seinfeld, Seinfeld, about being on set with Charles Grodin in the movie The Lonely Guy in 1984. They were in a movie together. And there's a fight on set, I guess, not in the movie, but off camera, of course. There's a fight that Steve Martin gets nervous about and tries to break it up. And Grodin says, let him fight, man. Let it happen. Let it undo, it. like, get the bad blood out. You know, it's their choice. Let them clear the air. Steve Martin's like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Like he'd never even considered that the Martin man Manhattan, but some people are addicted to anger, man. They're addicted to being in a bad mood. I think I am. Sometimes I'm trying to get out of that, you know, especially in this business. You just, you look for things to get upset about. And there's a lot of guys, a lot of my friends, you know, my age, a little bit older that have that too. Um, but, uh, it's another reason we all probably should get therapy in some form. I should definitely get on the reg. I've only been a few times because, yeah, I like to get in traffic. You're just like looking for a reason to get angry and to not let somebody in or whatever. Chad Daniels has a great joke about uh, <laughs> not letting somebody in and then speeding up, but it's great. Anyway, my dad, uh, he liked to get hot sometimes. His fuse was short. He was ready to go, you know, and uh, maybe it's part of the culture and current uh, climate now. Or addicted to snide. You know, that's kind of different though. Snide is a little different. I'm talking about like rage and anger and yelling and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I definitely snapped at my ex-girlfriend a few times. That I wish I could take back. But uh, anyway, addicted to snide. Yeah. News now, man. Fox, CNN, MSNBC. There's spillover in all three overlap. I think Jimmy Doe, Jimmy Doerr coined a term called smug sensational or smug for smugnerance smugnerance where news is just delivered so snide and with such little backup and so disrespectful to the viewer that Americans don't see it like they're being disrespectful even though they're agreeing with you on some policy they're, the the way it's being delivered that's you don't want that you're smarter than that you viewer you listener quit letting them dictate who your enemies are and such breathe Okay. You know, as if snideness helps show the viewer how against injustice you are. Like way to, way to put your mood behind the news. Way to deliver already slanted info and influence people with your mood and look, you know, news shouldn't have a demographic. It does. We're mental midgets, right? Comfort news. I'm coining that comfort news. It's gross. News where you can go feel better. Not feeling well? Tune into our network. We've got the lies you can get on board with. Anyway, um, so yeah. Wow, what a happy kickoff to episode seven here. About a third of the way in. Um, Been doing some Zoom shows. I got like five or six. I got two to do this week. Uh, I don't know how I feel about them. It's like part comedy show, part business meeting, which is fine. And it's got all the professionalism of comedy and all the comedy of a business meeting. (laughs) I gotta submit something this week somewhere to some guy yeah, in Ventura. Hopefully that uh, t- boy, do I hope that pans out. <laughs> Whatever, you don't even know what you're submitting to half the time in this insanity. How do you feel before or after? I get a little nervous. I like the butterflies though; it's kind of nice. And then you have a like it's like a six o'clock show or seven o'clock show, maybe five, maybe eight, and you get butterflies, and it's like, oh, this feels good, you know. Apparently, there's ways to make money from it. I don't know. Why Why start making money off Zoom when I was never making money off comedy before? But uh, the Zoom thing's very intimate. Um, usually, it's just the, the lineup staring at you of other comics and then one or two of their friends. So I, I don't even know who it's going out to. But then they tape them and you can rewatch. It's good and bad that you can't hear people laugh, I guess. I mean, you can kind of hear one or two people, the hosts, but for the most part, you don't hear sheet. So it's just like Maria um trying to learn tiktok for some reason i looked at some videos they're pretty funny um i don't know how long it seems faddish flavor of the week is it here to stay i mean vine went away snapchat went away you could tell i can kind of tell you know you get a feeling in your gut maybe twitter and insta stayed i signed up for with snapchat for about 10 seconds in december one year I got on there, it was like 2015 or so. I got on there and people started emailing me on there, like sending me DMing me, emailing me, DMing me. And I was like, oh God, I had to get off immediately. I was like, we already text, Facebook, email each other. Why are we doing it in another platform? So I got off Snapchat immediately. Um, My friend Joe Patance and I were corresponding via LinkedIn for a quick second and that was just hilarious and absurd. It was like the most specific, like (laughs) you have someone's phone number, that's the way to do it. But a lot of times people are at work, there on their computer. But but LinkedIn was a weird route. So many distractions. Is critical thinking gone? Do we just do the games? Right? We just do the game and then sign on to uh, Christianity and let that be the critical thinking? Like, does anybody read books? Anyway, wow. I mean, just losing listeners... You have to have them first, I guess, to lose them. I got into uh, Californication. Um, one of my friends got me into that, which is excellent. Duchovny, just amazing, and his agent, played by Charlotte's husband from Sex and the City. Um, I confused it with California with a K, which has Duchovny and which is a movie, and Brad Pitt's in it, and Juliette Lewis is in it, and yeah. So I didn't know there was a difference. Um, They play psycho murderers that travel across the country together. It's crazy. He's a a writer, and he's writing a book on psycho killers. Anyways, it's on Hulu. Hulu, good ad placement. Oh, where are you? Um, It's only a 10-year-old show, but doubt it could make it today. You know, a guy hooking up nonstop with different women, even if it's consensual. It wouldn't be allowed, right? It would be allowed if it were a woman hooking up with dudes or other women. But there's plenty of movies and shows in the past about men hooking up. So sure, we can have women do it, right? Sex in the City, not sure if we could have one now where men are doing it. But uh, I don't know, man. We're so turned around. Like we're so judgmental and ooh, everybody's got to advertise each opinion and each moral stance. Um, but uh, California Cation was on Showtime, it's now on Hulu. It was on Netflix, so it'll probably be back. But Duke Coveney has such a fantastic effortless feel to him. And just a dirty character with just enough good in him for the audience to care. And that's what it's about, right? You got to have just enough. Not too much, but just enough. Okay. Um. Here we go. Here we go. Where are we going? Let's see. Okay. Uh, Tara Reid, Biden. That's beautiful, right? woman from 1993 was fingered by... <laughs> the democratically elected, appointed, coronated candidate for November, which as he loses words by the minute, he'll be the, the nod. Um, so a couple things. One is uh, people are asking why she's coming out now. And uh, well, first of all, if you get molested, assaulted, raped, then I would think the perk is that you get to come out whenever you want. You know, that's the good news. You can come out when you want. You you get to keep that as a bargaining chip in your purse. Uh, so that's first. Now, second of all, maybe she's still written shock. Probably shock. You know, you can't believe that it happens. So it takes a while to process. If you're like me, it takes years to process one little thing. And, uh, I'm not really good in the moment. I was terrible. Improver improviser as well as standup, which is good to be both better. Both. But, uh, so it takes, a while to process that three. She's probably worried about her safety. Like I'm not, you know, cause she doesn't know who to trust on that Biden team. I mean, most of those people are probably going to tell you, no, it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. You know, greater, good, greater, good, all this stuff. So, um, that, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, she still liked him and respected him. I think, yeah, I just saw a couple of tweets by people. I'm not going to say obviously, but they, well, they put it on Twitter, but they said, they talk about how they are raped or sexually assaulted And, uh, and they have to work with that person afterwards in various countries. I would hope we're one of the better ones, but, uh, I lived in Japan for a while. That's brutal. Bosses rape their, uh, secretaries and coworkers and, you know, it just gets brushed under the tatami mat. Um, I'm sure it happens everywhere in the world. Uh, I had a girlfriend who was molested, raped by her uncle when she was, she wasn't even 10 years old yet. And she never came forward because she was worried that, um, her dad and um, her dad and other relatives were going to murder him. They're like, they will kill him. So she covered for him and never, well, she never came forward with it. So that's insane. Um, but uh, so yeah, you get to come out when you want, right? Why are we sweating people for for waiting? You know, and probably she told enough people that they pushed her to do it as well. There's yeah. always that. Like, no, you got to come out. She's like, I still don't want to, you know. But uh, I don't know. And lying, like, who brings that much heat on themselves? I don't think anybody wants to bring that heat on themselves. Like, look what he did to me. And then the scrutiny now that she has to live with the rest of her life will be brutal. And what if he gets elected? I don't think it'll happen. But what if he does? And then that'll be fucking terrible, man. Okay. But uh, the good news about Biden's cognitive decline is that he may actually not Remember, he may actually not remember forcefully fingering the girl, Tara. Not the girl, yeah. Not not apple pie, American pie movie, or um, Big Lebowski, but uh, different Tara Reed. Young woman who had uh, political aspirations, I guess. And uh, I don't know how everything went down. But I hope, uh, Jesus, yeah, I hope there's resolution with that. When, and all people that have to experience that. Jesus, guys. Um, wow. Can you, can you believe women don't want to come forward when this happens to them? You know, especially if they don't necessarily hate the guy that had happened yet. Maybe they will later on, but it's like they try to protect them. Oh, it's so messed up that, that, that someone would still love you and try to protect you after you assaulted them sexually, physically. Um, Okay, so I think that's enough there. And you're talking to someone with very little experience sexually harassing women, so I don't know. Or being sexually harassed. Or being, you know, good-looking enough to be harassed. Not that that is any part of it. A lot of times, some girl who's not good-looking seems more accessible, more approachable by a guy, so he goes for her instead. How messed up is all this? Okay. So we'll close that chapter, close it, or just turn the page. Cause a chap, the book doesn't end when the chapter does. So we'll finish that chapter, go to the next chapter. If Biden does win, if he even makes it like through the, through the debates, which by the way, the debates when, if, and when they have the debates, watch where they do it. Like one will be a morning on a Saturday or Sunday. One will be an early afternoon. I don't think they're going to be these evening debates because Biden's like psyche is mental ability. The DNC is going to have to really work with that and tweak it. And they can control that, you know, the, the Democrats. But watch for ill-timed debates. Like at weird times. And watch for a lot less of them. Because they don't want Biden on stage with Trump. He'll eat him alive. He'll just call him Sleepy Joe constantly. And uh... But who knows? Maybe Maybe Trump is so bad that Biden just smiling will get votes. There seems to be so many people not going with Trump this time that hopefully it brings enough people out. Even Romney's like talking cheat, but okay. Let's so let's go. If Biden wins, it'll weirdly be an un, it'll be unreal in so many ways. Trump will lose an incumbent; he'll lose as an incumbent to someone who is in mental decline. It would be embarrassing. It would drive him insane for the rest of his orange life. It would be crazy. And four years from now, the Republicans will have moved on. Right? It's not like Trump will run again four years from now because the Republicans are they're like Jesus. We like. <laughs> they don't necessarily love him either they'll will, they will have figured it out and they'll have Romney in there, Crenshaw and Trump will be done right? he'd tour and make a lot of money holding rallies and saying he should be in there and look, whatever, look at everything that's wrong I mean he can do that forever and make a ton of money Um, but for Biden like it, it would just kind of be fun to poke at, fun at Trump for the rest of his life be like oh my god you lost this guy who can't even complete a paragraph you know So that's the good part. And who knows if there's enough anti Trump sentiment. Normally, an anti, I'm an independent, right? But normally, an anti uh, campaign doesn't work. It didn't work with Bush. You know, it didn't work with uh, um, Bush. And then it didn't work in 72. Anti Nixon. That's what McGovern was. And it looked like he looked good, but he waffled with his VP, Eagleton. Um, you know, and because Trump didn't run just as an anti-Hillary candidate. He ran, you know, as an anti-establishment candidate. He had uh, other ideas, make America this whole manufacturing base, which he's lied about, which didn't happen, which was never going to happen. Um, So for Biden to win the DNC and the media will have to really pull off some magic. And I don't know how much I mind if they do. It'll be like, yeah, OK. You had to cheat. I mean, you you screwed Bernie out of it twice. Let's screw Trump. All right? Screwed Bernie this time more. But because Trump is so disgusting and terrible and embarrassing, you know, never really thanking the health care workers, only talking about the economy, just asinine statement after statement, nothing to really help the economy either. Like FDR at least would, you know, pay guys, y- you go dig this hole one day and then you go dig another hole the next day. Meanwhile, another crew comes in and fills in that hole just to get money in circulation. And you're never going to see that kind of Insight or compassion with this Agent Orange guy, <clears throat> and I, you know I don't care either way, right? I was a Bernie guy, he's gone. Um, Jesse, the body may run. We'll talk more about that next week, but uh, that'll be a trip. I, I don't think he will. I've seen him; he looked a little sluggish in an interview with Rogan. But maybe that's because he's rusty. <clears throat> okay, um, so. And and I don't even I don't even know how much I mind the policies of Trump as much as I mind him getting on TV and just embarrassing himself in this country nonstop and just rambling. And come on, come on, people. It's weird how people uh, can get hypnotized, though. He gets on the TV every day and make, you know, makes terrible ignorance, Internet, sensationalistic statements that are absurd. Right. But yet America is fine with it because we're you know, we need something routine. We need something to know. We need to know something's in like he comes on a five every day. Like the world is chaos always, especially during this time. And the president speaking, no matter how insane is weirdly comforting to a lot of people. Not to me, of course I don't watch, but to many it's, you know, it's an abusive relationship, right? It's like, Oh, he's going to get on. And then he just gets on and talks and he doesn't say anything, but him just talking gives something people like hope or something. I don't know if it's hope. It's just like a, a blanket. You know, you can totally see it. It's like the Ramses character and. Theon Greyjoy or something in Game of Thrones, where he's abused him so bad, but he still like leans on him for help until finally he breaks it. Or a child being molested who keeps going back, you know? Or or any abusive relationship. The perspective is yes, it's terrible, but it's familiar. So crazy, right? People that bailed on escape plans from jail. There was a like like Escape from Alcatraz, the one guy there's four of them, and the one guy bails on the escape plan, and the three of them get away, but he was too. He clung to jail. It was safer than the unknown of escaping and freedom. Of course, the possibility of getting caught and, you know, tortured and or, uh, executed or whatever. Worst jail time, I don't know. You know, maybe that guy had seen. Oh, he couldn't have because the movie came out of. Um, what was it? Papillon? With Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman, where they keep trying to escape and they get out at first, but the. The, the sentencing after they return to the jail just gets worse and worse um, until finally they're just put up on this rock or they can't possibly get away. But uh, Escape from Alcatraz, great movie. The guy who plays Kramer in the Seinfeld TV show episode of Seinfeld is part of uh, Fred Ward and Clint Eastwood's escape team. And he bails last minute. Too bad. Would have gotten away. But he clung to that. What he knew. And that's what when Trump gets on the uh, TV every afternoon, evening, that's what it is, right? Just clinging to some hope. Um, some reports are saying Trump sent out protesters to pressure governors to reopen. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. And I hope he'd face charges for that, which, from which he'd probably never recover from either side. I think even repubs, unless you're those idiots that are protesting on the steps of your different uh, governors. Headquarters, um, Even those states, you know, he probably wouldn't recover. But I also doubt the sources for that story, right? I think CNN gave it that says he sent those protesters. Yeah, CNN gave it. I mean, CNN gave Bernie a bad rap, so I don't really trust them either. Bernie either uh, got on the take or his family was threatened or something. So weird. Maybe he just got tired of being right. It's not easy. I know. You know, you get tired of being right, believe me. Reminds me of the doctor in the verdict who was going to testify for Paul Newman, who disappears, suddenly takes a vacation. Great movie, by the way. But he's got a doctor that's, that says that those other doctors, it was negligent, and they, they you know paralyzed that girl, killed that girl, put her in a coma. And he's like, yeah, I'll testify, sure. And then the next week, Newman calls him, and goes to visit. He's like, oh, he's that, that doctor's gone anyway um so some good news sources if you want um chris hedges is a trusted source he's good christian guy which i didn't know which doesn't you know necessarily mean anything um but he's a christian dude chris hedges and then uh let's see who else oh michael Schuer. do you know do you guys know michael Schu? s is it s h e u e r s h e s c h e u e r he's a former CIA guy he always called, sir, no, sir. He's very polite beard, mustache glasses, very funny, but, uh, yeah, he goes off. It's great. Great. Cause you see all the bombings from Bush, Obama, Trump. They're all, they're all guilty. It's pretty bad, but it's who can do it the best and smile and do it, you know, on TV and stuff. So, um, eating fig bars for breakfast through the pandemic. There's three different flavors. There's raspberry, blueberry, and fig. Um, my friends get them for the Lewis and Stacey get them for their daughter. I just love them and their daughter loves them. And, uh, that's good. Those are nice lean on plus back to Cheerios and like a, uh, like a soy milk thing. It's just, it's routine. It's like people watching Trump at five o'clock. It's uh it's routine, the breakfast in the morning. And it feels good. It feels like I, I don't know if it's the healthiest thing. It keeps me regular. So good ad placement there for fig bars as well as Cheerios, as well as the one we had earlier. um, but, uh, yeah, so, God, the Zooming, man. The Zooming. Um, So the stand-up. So, yeah, all the stuff around stand-up is fine. You know, the Zooming and the talking and the writing. But you, you need to get up and perform, man. If you just write, then this isn't really hurting you. If you just write music, maybe, because you can record from wherever. But with the stand-up, man, stand-up, right? You need to do it. It's really hard for stand-ups. This is our outlet. Zoom isn't stand-up. It's weird business meetings. Thank you for those running those shows, though, keeping it alive. That's really noble and cool and uh, very helpful. Because, um, yeah, nobody else is doing it. Jordan Dock is great. It's like halfway now, three quarters of the way done. Uh, Last night, who'd they beat? Oh, the Trailblazers and Phoenix. The Phoenix Sun Devils? No, that's Arizona State. The Phoenix, the basketball team, the Suns, Um, which is great. That was great to watch. And uh, the interviews are fantastic. Um, Really quick tweets of the week. My tweet of the week. uh, I like to post I like to drink and post silly things online. I'm a social media under the influencer. Instead of influencer, under the influencer. Isn't that funny? Um, God, that's that's really under the. And then the alcohol, and you're hooked. It's it's it is. It's uh, what's it called? Intoxicating. Uh, featured tweet of the week: Imzadi. I M Z A D I, which is uh, at Bangtan. SON TARAN BANG TAN S O N T A R A N and she just tweeted non-americans are also human beings. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's such a simple statement, but uh you need it, you know. Non-americans are also human beings." What a what a great thing that we need to remind people on the planet, especially Americans, of that. Um Non-Americans are also human beings. That's a good one. Like there used to be a billboard, and I think it was nationwide, but the one I saw in San Francisco, was it Pine or Bush? see so you go to Pacific, Pine, Bay, Bush. So it would be going down Bush because I'd drive to the Bay for work, Oakland. Yeah. And uh, there's a big board, billboard that would read, sex with a minor is a major offense. And I was like, God, that's great that we have to put that up. Like we had to remind ourselves of that what point does society come to when you need murders wrong? We just need to list 10 commandments or like even more like the top three things that you shouldn't do on earth. You have to put them in print on a wall. Um, reading way too many books right now. I'm in the middle of like four books and it's like, lock it down. I added Phil Knight's book, uh, shoe dog to it. It's great. I'm halfway through that. That's amazing. It's just, he's got a young spirit to him. And, uh, despite I'm sure the factories in Asia, wherever Nike's extended to now, I'm sure there's some horrible things going on. Um, I'm hoping though that that employment helps people. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but, uh, anyway, Phil Knight's book shoot all cause he's a young spirit, but he's an older guy. So like he was just out of college in the early sixties right around the Kennedy thing. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of interesting to hear because normally when you hear stories of that era, it's coming from an older perspective, a conservative, scared perspective. But this guy's like young, hip, and you're like, it's a kid, but he's you know in the 60s. Um, pretty crazy. Okay. But that's a good one. That's what I'm working on. And then uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff is another one. And then also I'm still doing um, the one by uh, Tom Wolfe in the 80s, Bonfire of the Vanities, which is just excellent. I mean, the whole, one of the chapters talks about a lawyer just walking from his car to the courtroom and getting heckled, or he thinks he's, yeah, he is getting heckled. Like, that's a chapter, it's 25 pages, it's like books, man, writing, good writing. It's like, how do you keep that exciting? It's a 20-foot walk. Anyway, um, good week, weather's great here in SoCal, I hope it's good for wherever you are, wherever you're at. I mean, by the time you hear this, it'll be different weather, but uh, anyway, okay, we've exceeded our time, that's fine. Um but yeah hang in there. Um lost some people this week are in memoriam casting director for Raging Bull, Deer Hunter, Yentl, Once Upon a Time in America. She collaborated with Barbara Streisand. Um Do I have the name here? You fucking moron. Her name is Sis, CIS. I know that. I don't know the last name. I have to look it up. Um but I saw that Sis died and I didn't know if Sis it was a male or a female, so it 's confusing but uh if it's a, if it 's a successful casting director chances are it 's a female they just they have a feel and they have wombs and they know compassion and connection uh still no academy award for casting directors, man how messed up is that? let me see that let me see sis who that is cis director just died because we have to know that she collaborated with i don 't know what that means she collaborated with Barbara Strasson. cis Corman. Jesus, put a last name in there, guys. Get my assistant to fix that shit. She collaborated with Barbara Streisand. Is that a, uh, all right. Um, so rest in peace, Sis Corman. I saw Yentel as a kid, my family. My mom wanted to go, and we went to this dollar theater in Michigan in Temperance. There was a dollar theater near my house. It was, uh. The one time that I clearly went to a movie, I, I knew I think I was going to fall asleep. This is like early 80s. I fell asleep immediately and was woken up as we were leaving the theater. And it was one of those, as a kid, you don't even mind, and your your parents are like, I don't care, sleep in this chair. We're going out. We're going to do something. God, there was so much thrown at my poor mother. Um, kid doesn't stand a chance, man. In a, in a, like a late movie. It was like a later movie, too, like 8 or 8.30 for a kid, for an 11-year-old. And as long as my parents were happy, I was happy. And they're like, cool. They both wanted to see it. They went, they took the three kids. My elder brother was in a home in Ann Arbor. And the other three of us were at the theater and we went and we all crashed out immediately. And we woke up to people walking the aisles and stuff. And we're, I, I couldn't have been happier, but I should see it. I heard great things. Um, sis Corman, look at all those movies she did, man. Deer hunter, raging bull. Once upon a time, i incredible and much more. Um, but that needs to change. We need Academy Awards for casting directors. When I worked on Gilmore Girls, we had the best, man. We had Jamie Rudolfsky and Mara Casey. Jam casting. I don't know if it's still called that. Jamie read my Scrub Spec script and liked it. Thank you. She's like, I even teared up. I was like, oh, you teared up? She's like, no, I tear. I tore it up. She tore it up. <laughs> uh, but no, I have a, I have a scene where um, somebody's on life support and they pass. And Carla, like, cries. Um, I wonder if that's anywhere. I just got like goosebumps at my own writing. I think cause I was younger too. And I thought oh, I've got this spec script and I was trying to get it out there. I, I didn't know the game. I-, I was good enough. I just didn't know the game and I didn't have enough connections. Um, Cecilia Pleva does casting at Kimmel and, uh, she's great as well, man. She used to be at Conan. She's fantastic. She, so she's worked on two of the late night talk shows. Um, on other RIP situations, RIP situations, sorry, I'm, I, I lose a little energy. I lose a little steam because there's no one to divert to. But scheduling in this time, in this era, is a little rough. Maybe I should film these visually too. God, my, I'd never get a crowd that way. A crowd following Matty Simmons, who fronted the money for National Lampoon from Harvard newspaper to magazine. Uh, he'd made his money from uh, as the VP of Diner's Club. They were the first credit card. And so he made a ton of money and he bought Lampoon and turned it into a magazine. And it was played by Matt Wallace in the Netflix show Stupid and Futile Gesture. He's gone. Um, he also wrote the book on Caddyshack, which is funny because I th- think he No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Animal House, Animal House, Animal House, Animal House. Animal House was his. I don't know if he did Caddyshack too or not. But uh Animal House was the big one. That was 78. That was the f- it broke a lot of uh good big comedy that was like one of the first if not the first big outrageous comedy that just was hilarious and uh, filmed at University of Oregon about some guys from Dartmouth and it was those three writers um, I'm blanking Ken Harold and uh, Matt the guy who actually went to Dartmouth anyway we'll talk about that yeah they didn't die Well, Harold's been dead for a while, but uh, five years or something. God, too young. But uh, anyway, Matty Simmons, rest in peace. Sam Lloyd from Scrubs. Oh, wow. Scrubs spec. Callback. He played Ted. He played the uh, accountant or the attorney. I think it was an accountant for the hospital. Really funny. Just constantly that look. And he passed from cancer at age 56, which is a bummer because he was really funny. Even if he wasn't funny, it'd be a bummer. But uh, underrated show, weirdly. Got kind of bumped by, by, I think it was on Thursdays, I think it got bumped to Tuesdays by Trump's show Apprentice. Uh, it's funny. And then it got bumped from uh, NBC to ABC, which is crazy. But uh, I liked it. Um, yeah, and then a Nigerian drummer named uh, Tony Allen passed away. And uh, lastly, and definitely not leastly, uh, this past weekend, we lost uh, Don Shula, NFL football coach from the Baltimore Colts and then the Miami Dolphins. Coached in four of the first eight Super Bowls and was in the movie Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Great run. Great run. I didn't know him when he was winning Super Bowls. I only was a kid when they lost two Super Bowls in a matter of a couple of years and then made it to a few playoffs after that. But there's always such like magic around him. When I, I knew Miami as the, the college dynasty that it was, I was a little after the Dolphins. But uh, anyway, yeah. Rest in peace, Coach Shuliff. Only undefeated coach ever. Thanks to the '07 uh, Giants, you should be thanking them. But uh, great run. A lot of teams only lost one game, like the Raiders in '76, the uh, Bears in '85, the 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 Niners in '84. It's two straight years, the Super Bowl champion '84, and '85, only had one lost teams. So it's crazy. Dominant years. Raiders only lost one game a couple times um, in the regular season, and then. They made it to Super Bowl in '76, but there were a couple times where they only lost one regular season and then lost in the playoffs. It was crazy. They lost a few uh, AFC title games at home. Anyway, so uh, we had our ad placement opportunities there, right? Books are good, fig bars are good, all that stuff, right? Get in there, um, Zoom. Maybe this whole thing's a ploy by Zoom. Uh, emails. Let me check some emails. Okay, empty. Some upcoming gigs. Let me check those. Uh, so come out and see me. Oh, no. No gigs. Social media plugs at Keen of Comedy. K-E-A-N-E on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, Patrick Keen on YouTube. I think it's Keen of Comedy as well on YouTube. And then there's another account, Patrick Keen Mascots. I'm trying to get off the ground about sports and stuff like that so uh yeah so hit me up patrickina hotmail.com if you ever need to talk or if you want to argue or fight or something i might have energy for it but uh i was like you know i listen to rogan i like that it's the open um open-ended he's willing to take anybody's you know questions or criticism and just like hey talk what's on your mind you know what like there's no reason Americans were so addicted to being offended and being in pseudo fights, not even healthy fights where you you knock each other up a little bit and, uh, and then shake it off. And then you go on and you're going to be friends from there, which was healthier. Um, no, it's this weird unhealthy shit. This, um, anonymous bullying. It's crazy. Um, anyway, hang in there people, right? Don't get your news from, Get your entertainment to, from CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, those filths. But uh, get your news elsewhere. Read BBC a little bit, you know, Al Jazeera a little bit, you know, online. That's where to get it if you want it. But if you want to keep it simple and if you want to go to news that you like and it's comfy and makes you feel good and right about some of the atrocities that we're doing, then keep doing what you're doing. But more importantly, just smile and relax. Oh, and, uh, watch those diets, man. Ice cream is doing a number on us during this pandemic. All right. I love you. Thanks for listening. Um, keen on things podcast, subscribe, share it, Yelp, review it. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. None of this stuff's going to get to the internet for a couple weeks anyway, but, um, hopefully you get something out of it and, uh, and it's fun and interesting and helps you pass the time. Love you. See you next week.